Good evening, friends, and welcome back to Live Reality Games, the network of creators making our favorite shows into reality. I'm your host, Kirk, today, and we are with Colin from CNU. Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And we're going to be talking about episode six, You Can't Hide on Survivor, the merge, merge, merge <laughs> episode <laughs> of this season. So we're going to be spoiling everything, my friends. So like like always, if you haven't watched it yet, you might want to drop out now, come back later. Um, but before you leave, hit that subscribe bell button, notification bell that always helps us out here. Um, I'm super excited to, to meet you, Colin, because I've watched bits and pieces of CNU, Dustin and Destiny covered um, the season. You're the editor of CNU. So, so, and I was just talking to you, you've never actually played the game. No. Um, and your brother hosts. Correct. Yep. Do you ever think the two of you would ever play against each other in a Survivor? I think that, I mean, it's something that we've always discussed about. I'm just growing up, we'd always be watching these Survivor and Big Brother shows and always just talking about how we would play, uh, how we'd play. And half the time we'd say, okay, yeah, we'd play together and we would just destroy everyone. And other half the time we'd say, oh, no, we'd play together and then we would just go after each other first. So really kind of would go either way, but I definitely could see something happening. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's cool. I got to play with my brother once and it was, mm -hmm. super, it was super fun. And um, we, we had to turn each, at each other at the final four. Okay, yep. <laughs> so it's kind of brutal. Um, so uh, season two for CNU is airing right now. And yep. um, is there anything we can expect yeah, so we to had, see? Yeah, right. So we had season one and season two aired previously. So season three actually just finished airing uh, last week was the uh, surprise oh. last episode uh, as it was filmed in the spring of 2020. So uh, things came up that had to cause us to shorten the season and end it early. So we had season three was uh, the final episode was last Tuesday. So that one is all out and ready to be watched. If you want to go through and binge through three seasons of, a, of College Survivor. And we've got uh, more seasons on the way. I believe next fall is going to be the season four is going to be starting to kick out. Right on. I love yeah. when these keep going and get more and more episodes and seasons out because then we'll see an all-star someday. Of course. <laughs> That's always the goal, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um, for other LRG news, right quick before we get started, Backyard Survivor, our friends from Australia, one of our favorite hosting duos, Brian and Kyle, are back at it with their next season, Redemption. They brought back their first three vote-offs and with them are 15 new players playing for the fourth season. So that sounds super exciting. And how cool for these players that were first boots to get a, a, a true redemption. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's always talked about, even just like, oh, how cool would a first boot season of CBS Survivor be? I know that that's something that we've experimented with season three. We did bring up the uh, first ever boot from Survivor Scene. You came back and really enjoyed the experience to kind of get a shot to say, okay, I had potential. I thought I would do well, but it didn't go as well as planned. So if they're still wanting to come back and do it again, they definitely want to prove that they're better than they did the first time. So interested to see how that one's going to be playing out. Yeah, that's going to be pretty sweet. And then Ascendants Live were phenomenal guests the other night, and they're back for season two. And if you happen to be fans of Totem Pole slash Penthouse, Wes, the creator, was just announced as a player this season, so we get to see a host play the game. That's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, so let's get into it, Colin. This is your uh, first time here to talk about Survivor, CBS, 42. What are your thoughts so far of the season? 
I've really enjoyed the season. I was a little bit hesitant about next last season with the, the all the big changes that had happened. Um, but I've really been enjoying the season. I think that having the familiarity of knowing what twists to expect to come up and not kind of be blindsided by what's going on this week of a brand new one and also be able to see what is going on with the and also being able to see what's going on with understanding, like seeing all these characters and getting a really good understanding of what's going on with these separate characters. I've been totally digging it. I I loved everything about this episode except for one thing. <laughs> what, what was that? The, the freaking hourglass, of course. Like, I'm yep. so annoyed. God. Yeah. I tried to find, I was trying to find an hourglass just so I could smash it myself, like one of the little timers from games, mm -hmm. but I right. couldn't find it. Um, Dustin, we have a new setup here. Dustin says my mic sounds a little funny. He's sneaking okay. down right now, but it might be my voice. I have mm -hmm. severe allergies right now. <laughs> so my apologies if this sounds uh, goofy, but, uh, that said, we're going to get right into it. Uh, last episode, um, we see the aftermath of the Vati tribe. Yes. There's a little drama here. So yes, to be expected with everything we've seen with Vati so far, with all of the Daniel and Chanel controversy, with everything that they tried to pull in the one where Jenny ended up going home, I think that both of them ended up losing a ton of trust there. So Chanel already went into that tribal council not having a lot and lost any that she may have had with Mike already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love, it's weird too, because she explains her vote very well in her confessional, mm -hmm. but like, he does not give her a chance to explain it whatsoever. And he's just over talking her over talking her. But at the same time, I felt like she wasn't exactly explaining it the same way she did in no. her confessional, which <laughs> made sense. Her confessional, I was like, okay. And that's what my uh, co-host said last week, because I couldn't figure out the strategy behind it until I remembered shot in the dark is still in the game idols are still in the game basically these players are playing with like 50 iterations of the vote you know like right. there's so many different potential outcomes <laughs> yeah and I, th I think from mike's side he sees it as okay well we went through the first tribal council you kind of were a little bit shady there i didn't love how that went but then i went against my gut i kind of trusted you a second time and then it really happened again so now it's like okay you're like oh, fool me once shame on you fool me twice now shame on me so i'm not even gonna give you the chance to get that third chance <laughs> dustin's uh in the background changing my microphone right now <laughs> It's like Big Brother is on my computer. This is so weird. Okay. Um, so, oh, and I love the quote she does. She like does the misquote of Shakespeare. I, I want to give Chanel some some cred for that. That would have made a great title too. It was like, it's all fair in love in Survivor. Right. Close. Close. It's mm -hmm. all right. I feel like there were a couple of those, like, they were, you were close to the saying, I think at one point, Roxroy later in the episode said, uh, it's either the devil you do or the devil you don't. And it's like, well, it's kind of what it's saying, but it's, it's close, it's close enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then, look, high, I've been high on high, but I was so annoyed because I felt like he was regurgitating quotes from prior tribal councils, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so much. Like, we even had to look up one. One is ex pretty much exactly from Winners at War which is what he would have watched right, right before he came out here. So I'm like, yep. dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I think he said the same thing at this tribal council with like everything, the, uh, the passengers and the, the drivers there trying to use those same quotes. He does have a couple, uh, he, was, he came prepared knowing what, uh, what buttons to hit. To be or not to be? 
<laughs> Lydia is not to be. Apparently, yep. <laughs> not anymore. Lydia is voted out this episode, and we are going to be breaking down exactly maybe how that happened. <laughs> um, it's 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 a crazy twist again. Um, Jeff Probst switches it up. We'll get there really quick. Um, we go to Ika right after this, and um, Tori thinks Rox has a a clue. It's this was this dynamic between Rox and Tori in this whole episode is just awkward to right. say the to say the best because they're like not working together and then she's hugging him at the challenge but it looks like he doesn't want to hug her back it's just awkward yeah snyder's in the comments he's he still is standing tory he thinks she'll win i think there's no chance yeah i went into this episode and i wrote down okay i think anyone besides roxroy can win i just feel like roxroy had had a lot of content out he's not great at the social game um, after this episode, I feel like there are more people in that bucket of people who cannot win. And now I think Tori has joined up with them. I think that, uh, everything we've seen from this episode took her out of the, uh, the runner contenders for me. <laughs> Drea has her eyes so on Tori. Like mm -hmm. she's, she cannot like, wait, cannot yes. wait to pull that trigger. <laughs> she's like, she can't chill. Tori keeps slipping by. But the thing is like Tori legitimately, like to give her some credit, she, she made that happen. Like she mm -hmm. worked both of those votes to get herself off at the blocks. So she deserves to be here. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I do wonder if, I don't know if Drea would say it, but I do wonder if at this point she is regretting voting out Swati instead of Tori specifically. If mm. she feels like that one was a mistake, I wonder if that is the case now. You know, I f that's true. I feel like Swati could have done some damage right here at Merge. Mm -hmm. If yeah. she was at this twist, I, I, I feel like she could have made more inroads than Tori potentially here. Yeah, I think that could be too. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the long run it was was better. We we shall see. I mean, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> what if Tori's the goat? Right. It becomes like so, be. so mm -hmm. unlikable. She's she's brought to the end. Maybe she can't win, but she steals your spot at right. the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think already, yeah, we are already at Jeff Probe's um iconic uh Applebee's monologue. Right. <laughs> They're ready for it. They're ready for this Applebee's bringing that one back too. The, that's the big change for this hourglass twist is to get a sponsor. <laughs> right. They should have put Applebee's like on the hourglass, like just written on it. <laughs> yes. To have it all over the place. You have it all over the challenge, have it everywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get a Jeff Probes breaking the fourth wall. Um, by this point last season, this had happened like 12 times. Right. <laughs> but I believe this is our first one. I think so too. I, I, I don't, okay, it blends together. If like he went and hit an idol, I think that was only last season. I don't think he went and like we saw him hide the idol again this time. So I do think this might have been the first time we saw him do this. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was again right before they started filming the tribes because they're literally walking in <laughs> right. as it happens. So I'm like, are they hearing this? Can they, can they hear anything? And but I mean, just got out of a lot of, a lot of confidence there. Cause like if he messes up, he's, there's not a lot of time for them to be like, okay, hold on guys. Don't wait. Don't walk in yet. Jeff messed up. He has to say something again. <laughs> like he's got to be very confident that is we only got one shot. And so for this historic um, merge twist, I'm like, we just did it. We right. Did it. <laughs> it's historic for the 12 of them, and that's about it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, he says it's the same twist with variables. <laughs> and I still don't freaking get it. I get no. it, but I it was so weird. It was. Like, okay, so what did he say? So they get variable one. Variable one is it's Applebee's. Applebee's, better food. 
Yep. Variable two was that they're going to know that whoever goes to the exile island is going to have some sort of power, where it was a secret when they sent Erica last time. I was so lost when he was explaining variable three, but it seems that it's just if someone wanted from the winning tribe to go over to exile instead, they could do it. So in other words, if they gave, so it's all, it almost makes it feel a little bit better for them, right? Because right. they had the option. Exactly. It's just, this is what I hate. It's the biggest challenge of the season. He keeps hyping it up. And, and then the challenge is irrelevant again. <laughs> you want fucking, to lose this challenge. <laughs> I don't care if we're demonetized this video. Fucking irrelevant. There is no <laughs> point. And it's the best challenge. It's literally so freaking good. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, I get so mad at survivor for such stupid stuff and this one i'm so mad it is literally so good oh what did what did dustin say oh instead of a rolling ball it's a giant apple <laughs> it's okay but here's the thing it's the same this episode is also the same freaking challenges right from 41 mm -hmm. yeah they, where they think that where they worked the first time <laughs> why change it? why change it you know i so so we don't really have to recap much or break it down if you watch 41 but but to break it down they had to dig a giant ball out of out of the dirt right it was much easier this season than last especially if you had jonathan on your tribe yes oh my gosh <laughs> they barely did anything and he's yeah. just like popped it out like a pimple he's just like right. let's go this is like a workout for him he does this every day at the gym yeah and then they have to you know climb up it get keys then climb up these like uh like American Ninja Warrior, like the little hills, hill things. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Jonathor. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but you know, I what I really loved was not the um, I forget the colors of the tribes, not Jonathan's group, but the other group at the end. How hard it was for Drea. Right. She's scraping up her knees. She keeps falling down, and then they had to keep working together to figure out the best way to. To, to solve that mm -hmm. that's what i think the whole point of that challenge was but because they cast jonathan <laughs> right it kind of changed the whole thing like i feel like in in theory when they thought of this challenge they were like exactly what mike did in this challenge is what they felt would be the hero is okay he's the guy who's always the ladder he's pulling everyone up he's coming up with the strategy to say romeo you go last and like i feel like that is what they envisioned as the hero for this challenge but then Jonathan just being able to pretty much barely use the ball, just kind of jump up there on his own without it, really kind of changed the purpose of it. So to to let's give the the people at home a breakdown of the the different tribes. So what we had, friends, have a little. So we have Hi, Lydia, Tori, Jonathan, and Marianne playing against Drea, Mike, Romeo. Omer and Chanel with Roxroy and Lindsay drawing the gray rocks. They decide and opt to put Lindsay on their tribe and send rocks to the Island. You know, I really felt Colin that this was a really quick decision that they made mm -hmm. and that I was surprised that they didn't want it to be two, 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 and that they would allow one of the tribes to have three members. I think that a lot of it just came down to, I think you had, who was it, Jonathan and Marianne in that group pitching, hey, I want to have Lindsay over here. And hi, because of the whole amulet twist, I think is fine with Lindsay being there since they're kind of connected in that way. 
Whereas the only one who has any sort of connection to Rockshoy would be Tori. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tori was in there saying, I don't want Rockshoy over here at all. That makes a lot of sense because maybe this amulet can turn into something. Maybe we can use it to mm -hmm. better ourselves, but doesn't it suck? I mean, it's just like the worst power. Right. I, I think it's, yeah, there's a lot. I think that they're trying to incentivize you to be like, ooh, is it worth voting out to get this huge change of like, oh, you originally have the extra vote and it's going to turn into a steal a vote. But like, aren't those pretty much like, there's not much of a substantial difference between the two of them in terms of how powerful they are. So I think that it's much more of a, if, if it were me, I would not vote out one of them just to get a slightly more increased power just because at that point it's so easy for them to just say well i'm going to vote you out so i can get the idol so yeah i think that there's some a lot of tinkering that can be done with this amulet to get it right i think so too i feel like the, the one vote for three people just doesn't work no it'll never work so no. what's the point right right and i what i guess they have to agree on who this extra vote is or do, do they, they all give the key to the same person right like it doesn't even make sense how you play it mm -hmm. yeah it's very it is it is confusing and i completely forgot it existed until uh i think drea mentioned it last week but i very it is very easy to forget this is even a thing so it's very easy to figure out how you would play it when there's one key left yes. it's just an idol right? right isn't it a key didn't hi show us it's a key i think it's yeah i think that it might be a key that sounds right it's something Why? similar to that why did they call it an amulet then? A lot of the symbolism, I mean, they're, they're using an hourglass and saying that, okay, to reverse time, you have until the morning when like an hourglass, its function is to count time. So they're just waiting, like it should be, we'll flip the hourglass over and you have until the hourglass is empty to smash it rather than just let it lay here on its side. <laughs> it's a lot of like questionable functions of what they're using. Yeah. And the, of course, everybody's talked about the dice. The dice. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. No. Just weird choices. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a key. Should you? So they should be opening something. Oh, right. my God. This is a great <laughs> idea. There's three boxes at Tribal Council. One is three locks. One is two locks. One is one lock. And they, you can, or, or the, I don't know. There's only the, the box with three locks mm -hmm. if the three keys are present in the game. So I don't know. This could be a, at least a little more interesting because if you have one key, you play it as an idol. Makes sense. If you have two, I guess the two of you at tribal council uh, just like stand up and go, we're using our keys on Colin. We're yeah. stealing his vote. <laughs> and then we, we are going to go up to the voting booth together and write down a name together. Yeah, that makes no <laughs> sense. And then for the extra vote, that makes even less sense. Can you right. imagine three people being like, we all have a key. And now we have an extra vote, one extra vote. So See you later. All, yeah. So we get to write down one letter each. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I hope that they like they use it beforehand, but then like a piece of paper is just cut up three ways. And you have just to write like you write two first two letters, you write the next two, and you got to <laughs> hope that it matches up and you write the same name. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> or they all have to hold on to the pen at the same time. Right. And they can like <laughs> fight to write something down. Right. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Jeff Probst is like, trying to read the scribbles <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just messy and that's what i don't like about it i like i don't mind the shot in the dark because it's it's it comes out cleaner in the gameplay mm -hmm. but i i just don't see how it functions and i bet the players are even like how do, what 
how? Yeah, how I feel do, like there, there has to be a lot of questions to production of like this. <laughs> what am I supposed to? And I think that there's just this added complication. Like if you have it, like, okay, I guess we'll just stick together and just like, this is now an alliance. I don't care what the power is because it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I wonder if that maybe is even the true. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that twist. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Get ready. Three weeks from now, we're going to be seeing it. Oh, no. So does this mean there is no knowledge is power advantage? Because that was found mm. before the merge. Right. Yeah. Because that was what uh, Liana and Shan went on to uh, their yeah. own. So that would have been like if, well, like Chanel and Omer, if they had, that would have been about that time frame. I feel like. So yeah, I do feel like they, they took that. I wonder if they feel like what happened with Liana and Xander there is kind of best case scenario that like, I feel like that's what yeah. they wanted. So they kind of scrapped it. It's not getting oh, any yeah. better. Yeah, that's true. Because what there was also another advantage that wasn't found last season. Oh, um, there? yeah, there was one at a challenge. Okay. Oh, that's I feel like I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So maybe that's I don't know. Yeah. Who know? Who maybe that was an amulet clue. I don't know. Here's <laughs> it, Colin. I looked something up on the voting history of this the season. This is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, before tonight's episode, how many votes in total, um, including tied rounds, have been cast? Hmm. Or how many total should have been cast, I guess, is a better <laughs> So it would be what? Uh, quick math, so 17 plus another, so probably about 20, 27, I feel like it would be going into tonight. That is That should be correct, but because there were multiple ties and right. resulting votes, the, the, the total is 38. Get this. Out of all 38 votes cast, nine of them were no votes. That did not get cast. 24% of the pre-merge vote was not able to vote. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what is this game? Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. So, yeah, I mean, if you think of it that way, risking your vote is, I mean, it's it's super risky, especially when it ties uh, the way it plays out in Survivor. It is just, I don't think you should do it. No. Unless you know, don't, don't do it with a Chanel. Like, like. <laughs> Like, oh man, Omer's probably so annoyed with her. Right. Like if you know you've got like Jenny there, I feel like that's the time to do it. Or if you know someone mm -hmm. who, yeah, that's the time when you would be able to risk it. It's like, okay, I know this person's not going to do anything crazy. Uh, we have Applebee's. <laughs> They're ready for it. Yeah. Get the shark bowls back and all the other, the brownie and the, the cup, cup, couple types of burgers. I went on a date once to Applebee's. It was mm -hmm. terrible food. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's usually is like, it's fine. Like, but I guess if you're out there, I think it's what they said, 12 days or something. Yeah. Uh, then haven't eaten anything. So, okay. <laughs> People are going to hate me in the comments. They're going to be like, oh, I love Applebee's. I didn't like it. It's Anyways. your local Applebee's. Maybe, maybe it's just that one. Not all yeah. Applebee's are the same. So did you notice what John said? His normal, uh, meal is i noticed it about halfway i was only like i was and once he started talking about what his normal meal is i was like okay i'm gonna i was half paying attention at that point but then i believe he said 18 eggs was the only thing i picked up on that's <laughs> enough right there yeah 18, that's insane 18 eggs he, <laughs> i mean he needs an entire chicken farm yeah i mean he like, has to live at the grocery store like yeah well, how, how do you have 18 eggs a day and let's add on to these 18 eggs nine cheese slices and grits <laughs> <laughs> unspecified amount though so we don't know how much he could be a, it could even be more grits than anything else yeah <laughs> dude this dude is a monster yeah <laughs> like, if you want to be good at survivor challenges 
Eat 18 eggs a day and nine slices of cheese. This is why he has to go out fishing. He's, right. he's probably running out of steam. Yeah. Like he needs fuel. This is, I mean, it's great. And then, so we're there. And so they're kind of bonding. And there's Tori just literally <laughs> spewing all the secrets. Mm -hmm. Just everything anyone ever told her. Yeah. Tori saw this as, okay, I uh, have no alliances. This is my way to get an alliance is I don't care about any of those people. So I'm going to throw them all under the bus and let them know, take me. I need to go somewhere. I need some people. You know, I'm just thinking back now, talking about Tori, I'm just thinking back to how she was so irritated at Roxroy. Mm -hmm. But right before when they were saying, hey, it's Applebee's, Tori was like screaming and hugging him and so excited. And then she was like, "Yep, not so much. I mean, we're not there yet, but <laughs> I just think it's ironic. It is. That relationship is so strange. Of she'll, they'll yell at each other and then she's just going to go for the hug all the time. Um, so yeah, so I, I can't think of anything else from the feast at all that was yeah. interesting. Um, nothing really. No, no, <laughs> it's it. honestly, it's, it's not that interesting, but it's, they got Applebee's and they got brownies and they loved the brownies. They did. It didn't look like a lot of the drinks were being had, but I don't no. know. I'm no, I'm no, no great measure of that. So yeah, they had some kind of like margarita or like blue frosty right. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is Marianne old enough to drink? Is she 21? Um, she seems so young. I think so. I don't, maybe I can't remember. I can't either. I feel like she and Lydia were like right on the edge. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she was drinking. I'm just trying to imagine Marianne like drinking and being more excitable than she already <laughs> is. Right. Yeah, that's all she needs. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So maybe that's where, where some of that, um, Gusto was coming in the next couple of clips because Marianne was talking to everybody. Yes. And I was like, oh, this girl's in trouble. <laughs> I was too. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they take us back to um, we see the other the the five that are starving, or the mm -hmm. six that are five. Five, five that are yeah. starving. Roxy's on his own. That's right. So um this was interesting because Drea calls the twist out. Yes. <laughs> Having an idea of what production might do, especially in a season where there's going to have a lot of twists, having a good read on production is an underrated skill to have as a player so that you can kind of gauge what's going to happen. Yeah. And then it seems like they all just agreed that that was the twist and nobody <laughs> was really actually surprised because it seems yeah. like all of their conversations after that fact were based on this initial premise that Drea uh, posited. And I'm like... Right. This girl is so smart. She's yeah. literally wickedly her premonitions, her she's everything. She's just ticking all the 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 little marks for Survivor. Right. I think that the, it, what's interesting is that they kind of used what what they added in this season with that second one of letting uh the second uh, twist to the new merge challenge there uh of letting the players know that there's going to be some power and like double checking like are you sure none of you want to do it i think in production's mind their intention was okay the winning tribe we're going to let them know that there's some big power thing that might come back to bite them but they didn't consider that the losing tribe is just going to take that same information and say well what could that be and that's really one of the only main things that there could be so i think that was a really good read andrea there to think why would he be pushing to say like almost say you should go do this Drea and Mike at this point start putting out Chanel and Tori's names as mm -hmm. targets. 
and Romeo's just sitting there talking about how he's a skeleton. Yes. Yep. Like, Different priorities. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I or I I don't totally grasp Romeo's strategy in this episode. I was yeah. trying to figure it out. I think I wrote down little person. I mean, he kind of used that word like little person alliance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, bring all the underdogs together, I think was his goal to take out some of the big uh, the big challenge threats, but yeah. Yeah, we're not there yet. I, I'm jumping ahead because <laughs> it, his arguments just don't don't fly because I don't, I don't perceive Tori, who ends up winning immunity, as like one of the bigger people. Right. And I also don't consider like Drea, who's likely number one ally, as one of the littler people either. I feel like she's more of a challenge. Th- I would put her in the upper tier of challenge threats in my mind. True. You know, I just feel like modern Survivor, when we get to the individual portion, that brute strength rarely matters anymore right right okay yeah we're on the same page so it seems like this game is becoming so counterintuitive like because because you need jonathan to win everything up into the merge but then like he's actually probably not going to be a threat in the challenges moving forward after that fact right very often yeah and i think we'll get to it later but i think that's uh very much a point that Lindsay was trying to make at that uh argument of he seems more threatening than he is right now for this portion of the game. So, so should we be taking out the big guys before the merge now, instead of at the merge? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that you'd have to really time it right of like knowing, okay, this is probably the last one, because if you were to take Jonathan out, like you're probably going to lose that next challenge. If there is one, if you're, if you're wrong about the merge, you're going to, you have to be prepared of, okay, who's the next one after him. And now all he's doing is like setting himself up in a potential alliance just to get himself deeper. And then he might, I mean, Danny went really far, not winning anything Yep. after the merge. He won everything up to the merge. And then it was like, uh, then he, did he win one immunity? I think think he won. Yeah. I think he won like this immunity was the one that he ended up winning. Oh, oh yeah. You're right. (laughs) I think think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect little uh, right, full roundabout circle. <laughs> full circle there. Um, so what did you think about Roxroy's journey on his exile trip for two days? I thought it was interesting. I mean, the, like Jeff said, I thought the shelter was really nice for a one-person shelter to build it in kind of one day. I guess what Tori said about Roxroy only caring about the shelter really is true, that that was a, a great shelter. But I thought it was an interesting journey and kind of put it in a different perspective of kind of why he's playing a little bit differently than everyone else. It seems, it seems like he's a lot less focused on the social game and a lot more focused on the survival aspect of it. And it was interesting to kind of get that backstory behind it. Yeah, he was, it was pretty incredible watching him build a really nice shelter, just doing the actual survival things out there. Mm -hmm. Um, He had that moment where he said, there's a rule in firewood. um, Whenever (laughs) you have some double it. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't aware of this rule, but I'm not a big camper. So that might be the rule. Yeah, I was like, it just shows his work ethic. And that was confirmed by multiple people um, throughout this episode. They Mm -hmm. were saying things like, all he cares about is shelter and fire. And it's like, okay, this actually might help you, Rox, because people are not going to see you as a strategist, which is probably going to be more of a threat at this juncture in the game. Right. I, I like it. What I loved, I actually liked this journey better than Erica's by far. And I, I was coming into it, hating it from the start. (laughs) I did not realize 
Roxroy had um, issue, an issue with his sight, with his vision. Right. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I don't think it was ever mentioned. Okay, this was a beautiful setup. I'm I'm glad Survivor didn't give it to us. So Roxroy in his confessional, we kind of get some more backstory and he tells us about surgery on both of his eyes, how it's a progressive disease. And this, the way he words it is just so beautiful. And I wish people, you know, it makes you think, can I live my life like this? But he's he's enjoying the, that sunset, right? The metaphor of how beautiful it is. The sun is setting just like the sun is setting on this game, just like the sun is setting on his health of his eyes. I mean, there was just so much metaphor there. I found it completely beautiful. It's those moments in Survivor that I live for. Right. And I think it was de definitely, it was really good. And I think that a lot of it helped by that. We already had some like background knowledge, a little bit knowing like, okay, this is what other people perceive Roxroy as. And we had a little bit of understanding of this is what Roxroy as is, is as a character. And then this added a complete wrinkle to it as to kind of explain why he is that way. Whereas to compare it to last season with Erica, I feel like her journey here was almost, that was our introduction to Erica. We very rarely saw her before this. And this was kind of like, okay, this is almost a brand new character to us. So this is like the beginning of her journey where this is almost the explanation behind what we have already seen from Roxroy. Absolutely. It's almost like dramatic irony. Like we've, we've seen this person and we've seen their actions, but we're, we're now getting, a, or almost like reverse dramatic iron, irony, because mm -hmm. now we're getting the explanation of why they are the way that they are. Definitely. And, and now I can sympathize with him, but before I, I, I couldn't as much. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I went, like I said, I went into the saying, Roxroy, he just doesn't have any social game. He's the only one who cannot win. I think that everything with that journey there definitely bumps up his chances as a, as a winner candidate. Is there any chance in hell that he uh, doesn't smash the hourglass? No, I never bought it for a second that he was. I mean, the choices were okay, choice A, you and your two closest allies are safe. And the number and your number one enemy is not safe, or you and all your allies might go home. About a fifty percent chance one of them is going to go home, and Tori is safe. Like it doesn't really seem like much of a choice. Is there any way this twist can be fixed? Is there any way that the well, in other words, is there a chance you don't smash it? Is it just based on the shakeup, maybe, of the tribes? Like, yeah, I think I think there's a yeah. chance. Like, I think that if. Um, if Drea and Romeo had won that challenge, I think there's a chance Roxroy doesn't smash it. I, I still I, wouldn't say it's super likely, but I think I think there is a chance, but I, I think the twist is going in with like a 90% chance of this is getting smashed at least, probably. Yeah, yeah. and that's what makes it so weak, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it has to be closer to 50-50. It has to make the challenge at least slightly relevant because it's a great challenge and then poof, doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. I don't think Jonathan was totally impressed. He looked a little irritated at the result, mm -hmm. um, but then he was smiling uh, seconds later. So maybe somebody told a joke, but he, I mean, there definitely wasn't the same bitterness that you could feel um, from 41. Right. And I think, what, I mean, watching it from my side, I was like, okay, John, what is probably going to happen here? Whichever team gets Jonathan is probably just going to win this challenge. And then the hourglass is probably going to get smashed. And then Jonathan's going to be up. I went into this episode saying there's about a 50% chance Jonathan's going home just because he's the biggest threat. He's the biggest guy there. He'll probably win the challenge, but then have to compete when he, the hourglass gets smashed. So uh, I was not feeling great for Jonathan going in. Same. I was not. <laughs> that was my prediction. 100% was like, no yep. way, no way. Right. <laughs> like this dude, this dude is not, it's going to win. He's going to go to tribal. Like, 
it has to be this way. So we get back to to camp, and the amulets come together. We get to see uh, them have a conversation. And Hi, I just feel like Hi is not 100% in. I did not get that feeling from him that he... I mean, they, they start to make an alliance, but I just felt his vibe fell off during the conversation. Like, he, he even said out loud to them, like, maybe the tactic is to vote each other off. And I felt like maybe that's something <laughs> better left unsaid. Right. I think he's going to approach it as, okay, if I want to work with them, this is the route I'm going to take. But this amulet is not going to stop me from working with whoever I want to work with. If my group comes together and we want to take out Drea in the next vote or two, that's just what we're going to have to do. I'm not going to try and protect her for this amulet. And part of that might just be because of what we discussed earlier of the uh, amulet twist, not really being that advantageous. Yeah. It's just awkward. Mm -hmm. So they're stuck in this awkward, like three person fake amulet alliance. Right. It's, like, <laughs> it's probably I feel like each one of them kind of went in like hoping that, Oh, I hope one or two of them get voted out before the merge. So it's a, uh, I don't have to do anything here. I bet it was very easy to lie about that advantage too, because you like you could show people it and you could say anything you want and your tribe would have no idea. Right. But if any of them had, had done that, now would be the point where everybody could cross-reference that. And I really wonder if the three of them have kept this secret. Like, I don't think we've seen anyone else talk about this yet. No, I feel like they have kept it secret because I feel like a lot of it just because they all got these in that first challenge. So I think that they would be scared of the blowback of you did this like day one, you did this immediately. That's crazy because if this is true, I think this is the longest kept secret ever <laughs> on Survivor. And for three people to do it at the same time, yeah. not tell anyone. Yeah. Especially modern Survivor. <laughs> like... Like secrets, like people who can keep secrets. That's why I think Tori made such a bad gameplay at Applebee's. Right. <laughs> at Applebee's. <laughs> because I felt like the flip side to her telling secrets is like, oh, if I tell you a secret, you're probably right. going to go tell somebody and right. fuck I mean, my game up. Looking at the other twists in the game, like there's three idols out there that most everyone knows who has each of the idols because of the phrases. Uh, you've got a bunch of a couple extra votes out there, which Drea ends up telling a few people about her extra vote. So it really is pretty easy to just let all these things go. No one's talking about the uh, no one's talking about the amulets here. I know it's crazy. But and you're right. There's already so many other powers. Like, I think let me count back up. I think there's eight advantages <laughs> in the game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's eight. Mm -hmm. So minus the three amulets, there's five advantages that should be pretty well known. Right. And to spoil it for everybody, none of these get flushed. In fact, I don't even think that's a strategy of the players to, fl to flush no. these <laughs> at all. I think that was part of the pitch to get Marianne out, but I'm not sure. Looking at the votes, I'm not sure how it much was. traction that plan actually had. Yeah, it was totally part of the pitch, but it did not stick. Like, no. people did not care. And I'm like, okay, you know you're down to 11 people. Pretty soon, these are going to get very powerful. Right. <laughs> like, very powerful. I Almost a third of the people there are going to have an idol pretty soon. So, <laughs> um, And then we see Marianne, like, talking to everybody. Yes. <laughs> that was a little messy. I, th I felt like she was just going from, like, I mean, maybe that's how you got to play Survivor these days. But she was, like, working everybody. I almost had, like, a little a brief, uh, like, uh a flashback to Russell Hance in episode one of Samoa 
yeah where he's like literally going up to every person and having that quick like one person you're with me you're with me you're with me and it's like everybody this episode is doing that in modern survivor i don't know how you believe anybody right and i think that especially like someone i think that two people who i noticed especially do that would be marianne and mike who are the two that really stood out to me as kind of going out to connect with everybody and i think that just their demeanors have come off in a different way. Like Marianne is always very energetic with everything. So I think that it always, it could seem like a lot, like, okay, she's doing so much right now and connecting with everyone, but that's probably just the way that she connects, but that might not be the way that everyone else wants to connect. Uh, whereas Mike is very much low key. is just laying down on the beach, talking to Jonathan, or is just hanging out with high and just talking with him there. And it's just in a much more laid back way of trying to connect with everyone that I found impressive. I'm trying to remember when, um, who was it? Romeo and High had their conversation. I don't think yes. I took notes on it. Was that around here? That sounds sounds about right. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that was another beautiful moment. Yes. Um, that I think the episode kind of harkens back to a couple times after it happened. So, so both of both of the men talk about what it's like being gay, um, but Romeo lives a more cl closeted, maybe is the best word to use, or he's he's less comfortable with it. Right, I think is the word with with who he's where he's from, who his family is, just the culture um, around him, and and High seems very open about it, and for, and Romeo admires this about High, and I found this to be a really striking, another really beautiful moment on Survivor where they're not talking strategy and they're just right. being being humans. Yeah, I think that this is like some a note that the production team and the editors of Survivor took of like after season 40 when they had that break to be able to say, okay, let's take a look and almost like reinvent what we're doing here. And I think they heard the criticism that, okay, there's too many twists, there's too much focus on the twists. We don't get to know these characters at all. Like we know nothing about any of these people in those later se later 30 seasons. There's so many people we know nothing about that even made it very far in the game. And I think that's something they have made a strong effort to say, okay, we are going to make that shift and put it get a much more character focused show so you have a good understanding of who most of these players are. Yeah, and I, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely yeah. agree. I love it. Um, and I, you know what I really loved? I loved a two hour episode. Yes. Dude, that was, yeah. Even if it was, I mean, there was a lot going on, but I felt like, can they, I felt like they showed us everything. Like we could almost choose like, is this the right path that's going to happen? Or is this the right path that's going to happen? I felt like, I don't know. I, I wish we saw more in all the episodes. Right. I mean, I think this was the biggest change from last season. Cause last season, this was only one episode and we ended with the cliffhanger of, Oh, is Erica going to smash the hourglass? Oh, that's but, like, right. <laughs> that's how it is. So I think oh. they, noticed, they said, okay, we can't do that again because that really is not a good cliffhanger. We all know how that's going to go. No, I remember coming on for the episode. I actually have my notes. <laughs> and now let me go to the, yeah, nobody's, oh, I was so irritated. There was oh, literally, yeah. usually I write pages of notes. I had like front and back for the merge. <laughs> it was, there was nothing to say. I was like, right. okay. Like, and my guest who was on, we were like, um, we she's don't gonna, know what to talk about. She's going to smash it next week. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was all <laughs> speculation. Um, we get a little brief clip of everybody out at the beach, and the audio is terrible, which is weird <laughs> right. for Survivor. Did you notice that? I, it was a little bit off. Yeah, I did notice. Yeah, I guess when I say terrible, it's all hyper hyperbole, but it was, <laughs> it was off, which is like 
that never happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we saw the, the brief clip that they chose to show us and they chose to use a poor audio clip, which I thought this is striking, but it was between Mike and John, right? Jonathan. I just call him John because I don't want to write his name down. Every I did time the same he... thing. I have him okay. John everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we see the, the, I guess, bigger guys kind of aligning together. Earlier, we saw the littler people aligning together, but really um, theirs was not strategic where we saw the littler people just talking about strategy, strategy, strategy. And we see them like coming together on this real, I guess it might be strategy, but talking about how, how you're perceived, right? Right. More than just about like, who's the next vote? Uh, Jonathor, yes, Snyder, Jonathor. <laughs> um, I again, again, it was a, it was a nice moment. It was, yeah, and I, I think Mike was really impressive. Like I said before, with a lot of different connections that he went and made in this episode, I, I was really impressed with Mike. I mean, even from the beginning, when Jeff was talking about like, okay, everyone drop your buffs. Mike was the one to clarify, like, okay, is this technically the merge? You can see he's been he's seen some seasons of Survivor to know that Jeff has pulled some things like this, where he says, okay, everyone drop your buffs, you're together, but you're not technically merged. We've seen instances of that. So uh, I think Mike was all and doing a great job of connecting with people. I know I've seen a lot of in you know, Survivor CNU and all the college drivers that I've seen. One of the like consistent traits in really great players is being able to connect with others very quickly. And I feel like that's something Mike really showed today and was able to really get a lot of different connections, even in conversations that weren't including him. It was, oh, I really like Mike as well. And I want Mike included here. So I feel like Mike did a fantastic job in this episode, even though he may have lost someone who he saw as one of his top allies that I believe he said he was willing to take a bullet for at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he made a lot of other allies by doing so. Yeah, my, I'm loving Mike's game. Mike reminds me of my stepdad. <laughs> like his personality, like, and it's so funny because he tells us like terrible dad jokes and right. then he's like laughing at them himself. And it's just like, uh, it's so endearing to me. I just love the dude. Um, so it's day 13 now. Can you believe it? <laughs> only day 13. <laughs> only day 13. Yeah. It's like, dude, I've played a couple survivor games, like actually two of them that were seven to eight days long. So I'm like, oh my God, I almost made the merge. <laughs> Like, like I wasn't that hungry and like, we didn't have much food. Like, <laughs> like I can do this shit. Like, right. Yeah. And you didn't even get not... Applebee's there. So you were, yeah. Yeah. Although, um, at the end of the game, we did win Taco Bell. Okay. Yeah. No, no. That was a terrible thing. Oh, terrible. that was not, the, that wasn't a reward. That was the punishment. Yeah. That was a punishment <laughs> the next day. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't take the Taco Bell reward people. Right. Okay. <laughs> So anyways, oh, I forgot about this. This is where the Romeo and High moment happens. And Romeo gets the quote of the episode, which I was like, okay, is this telling us something? Are the little people going to go further? Because he says, you can't hide on Survivor. Initially, before this episode started, I was really pissed about this quote because I was like, of course you can hide on Survivor. That's a legitimate, great strategy. Mm -hmm. Like Sandra literally hide in the bushes. Right. <laughs> like Tony Vlachos. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't understand. But then what he's actually referring to is you can't hide who you are. Right. And this keeps coming back. I mean, it's a beautiful episode for like theme because Absolutely. this comes back at Tribal Council as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it again later on in the tribal, like you said. Yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> was Erica a lion? 
And if she called herself a lion, I believe at the end. So yeah. um, I don't know if I would have described her gameplay as like a lion now. Didn't we get an animal? This Somebody called themselves an animal. Oh. Uh, Omer. Omer called themselves a shark jumping out of the water. That's right. Yep, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there might have been one more, but he was he's for sure a shark. And when he said that, I was like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, right. <laughs> but but, but folks, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it's it's so good. It's so good. And I didn't expect it of him at all. Um, especially coming from a 30-year-old virgin. Right. Not to not to say anything about virgins, virgins are cool. Um, but I was I don't know. I was I, one, I was surprised about that. I haven't met a 30-year-old virgin in a long time, maybe never, actually. <laughs> that I don't know about. Right. Also, just to out yourself on Survivor that way, that's like that's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's like for his marriage. But it's not just for his marriage. That's his, his lifestyle, he's, mm -hmm. he said. So I was like, wow, okay, cool. I don't even know why I brought that up. I found it fascinating in the episode. Right, yeah, more character story. Like we said, we really are getting to know these characters. Who was he talking to when he said that? Was it Mike? He was talking to Mike, yeah. Again. More connections for Mike. <laughs> Mike, again, connecting on a real level, not coming across as threatening. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think... Rox is going to have potential coming out of this episode too, especially with the way he was edited. Right. I, we shall see. We shall uh, see because we'll also talk about his his vote because I'm not quite sure what happened with his vote there. Oh, I'm actually still confused about who voted who. Sorry. I have I have written down who voted for who. I have that part. Oh, awesome! Very cool. Um, so this is where Omer also realizes he has no vote, and right? he's so so not happy with Chanel. Yes. And then Chanel even then goes and tells him, like, yeah, Chanel does not bring up that he's not going to have a vote in this tribal council. Like, she's still like, okay, yeah, we're going to work together here, just like we said, right? Like, everything is the same. I'm, I was confused by Chanel in this. Like, I don't know where Chanel thinks these numbers are for her, of if she still feels good about Mike and Hi and Lydia, or if she thinks, like, I, I'm not sure, so sure where Chanel sees herself fitting in. Yeah, right. Like clear, I mean, clearly she wants to sit with the certain cool kids uh, club, but right. they keep leaving the lunch table every time <laughs> she sits down. Yes. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. But at the same time, I was like, girl, you got to, you got to work other people at this point. Like mm -hmm. to go up to a group of pretty much the same people. And then, and then it was so funny because Hi was like, don't, don't go. Don't. Cause right. last time she came, we all went spearfishing and it was like seconds. And they're yeah. like, we need to go spearfish. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it looked like this time he was even like calling her over. They talked for about 15 seconds and then they all just left. <laughs> and Okay. She looks so irritated and yeah. so mad. Absolutely. <laughs> even walking up to them. She just looks unpleasant at this time. Like Chanel. <laughs> I think she went up to this conversation knowing I'm going to go up there and then they're all going to start leaving in 20 seconds. So she was already annoyed to begin with. I can't remember who she was talking to, um, but I remember she was saying, like, they won't look at my eyes. But, girl, <laughs> I've got to tell you, your eyes are daggers. <laughs> she was like... Right. <laughs> I I would have been like, I, I, can't, I can't look into your eyes either right now. <laughs> like, she was, she was on something. Right. I don't she was she was not feeling it she was she was not vibing with people people were not vibing with her no. and i think there's time for her to change that still 
I mean, we've seen Chanel and Tori just kind of like scraping by, but right. And what's sad is like they're from our community, you know, like Tori's mm -hmm. played a live game, Joanne. Chanel's from orgs. It's like, girls, come on. Yeah, I feel like the, it's what the issue is. I feel because I mean, I don't think that Chanel's going to be able to rekindle things with, I mean, like at this point, just High and Mike. I think that's going to be a struggle. Uh, I really think that the Omer thing is really going to bite her. I don't know. Think think she's going to be able to go up with that group. Her only choice is the the former. I don't know the tribe names, but the former Blue Tribe of uh, the Drea Romeo Roxroy group. But then that would also kind of exclude Tori at that point. So I, I think that she's really struggling at this point. That I, I want. She's got real damage control to do uh, one way or the other, whichever way she she decides to go. And while she does that, she has to navigate all of these advantages yep. that other people got. Which she has none, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is just, it is so, the to get to the top of this mountain is going to be the hardest journey for Chanel. Yep, definitely. But I feel like if she's sitting there and doesn't look at people with daggers in her eyes, maybe there's a shot. Maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe she's sitting next to Tori. That, that has to be, that's a good first step. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who else it would be, though, <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. Oh, I love this part. So it's Drea, John, High, and Omer. And Drea admits right before Chanel comes up to them to break it up that she has the extra vote Yes. to kind of like get Omer in on her side. I was like, oh, this is good. This is a good yeah. move. I, I'm not, I think that we've seen, like, I can't think of many instances where an extra vote was a big thing at tribal council or like that was the deciding factor. So I think that using an extra vote or even a steal a vote as a way to bring allies in, because I feel like the perception of an extra vote is way more powerful than the power really is. So I think it's a really good way to bring in allies and make them loyal to you. That is a great way to say it, Colin. And if we can all walk away with some knowledge earned from this episode, it is exactly what Colin just said. Because in reality, an extra vote is kind of shitty. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a steal of votes, good. Um, extra vote is, is not always useful. Right. Rare, actually, usually not. <laughs> Right. And because usually we're looking at like a seven, two vote or something like that. It's not yeah. usually where it's going to be that close. And even if it is that close, it helps you in this one vote. But then after that, you're kind of really, it's still just scraping you by through one vote. So, yeah, I mean, the second you could use an extra vote, I feel like you should, unless it's like you, Colin, where it's like this perceived idea of it maybe being used on somebody else, which is like that old school, like the way Yule played with his idol or right. like on some other players where it's like, it's for the group. That just absolutely seems like the best strategy for an extra vote. So, yeah. yay. Thanks, Colin, for some yeah. knowledge there. <laughs> it's a good strategy. If I ever get an extra vote in a game, that's how I'm going to use it. Perfect. There you I'm go. I'm going to be like, it's for you, you, yep. and you. Now, if it doesn't go well, this is just advice. But if it goes well, this was a great tip of mine. <laughs> so my favorite part of this whole moment is not even this part of Drea, because I just love Drea to death. Mm -hmm. um, but it's when Chanel comes up. And then they decide to go spearfishing. Chanel turns around and walks away with two of them. And they said they're going spearfishing. Drea <laughs> literally sits her ass back down on the yeah, beach. She moves four feet. <laughs> <laughs> she gives no shits. Yeah. She, she does not care. She's just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to even. It's a lie. She yeah. just sits down. Yeah, like, do I look like I'm not going spearfishing? Like, Jonathan's yeah. right here. I, I do, yeah. I'm not the spearfisher. Yeah. Why would I do this? Yeah. 
<laughs> she's just like no interest in talking to you chanel um also there's one other there's a couple other conversations that happen really quick there's the lydia marianne grandma grandma name alliance yes that was my favorite of all the marianne conversations in this one <laughs> me too me too uh to, we don't we will not live to see the grandma alliance move on <laughs> but um we also saw high and john kind of bonding as well we saw a lot of high this episode for sure um but their their conversation was all about love they love everybody did you notice that they were like i, I love rockstar i love this person i, I love I did not. <laughs> they just loved everybody. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> all, all's fair in love in Survivor. Exactly, yeah. That should have been the episode title, I think. It's, yeah, especially with all the conversations about love. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So it's, it's approximately an hour and 20 minutes into the episode, and we are at Immunity. Roxroy comes back, and this is where he delivers the fatal news <laughs> that's going to just disappoint half of the remaining players of the game. And especially one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that hug from Tori uh, is, is gone. It, yep, it not, no longer not getting, matters. No, not getting another hug. This is, this is personal for Tori because they gave her, they gave him mm -hmm. the island of exile. This was a gift. It was the best thing for you, Roxford. <laughs> he yeah. likes shelter and fire, just like she said at the um <laughs> and it made Marianne laugh so hard for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> but that's all he does. He spends his time doing that. So this is a gift. And then she is she is pissed off. Oh yeah. But then she harnesses that anger <laughs> <laughs> and she I don't think it drops once. It no, I don't think it did. That's somebody to look out for. I hate to say it, but in these modern survivor challenges, it's like, how long can you balance a ball on a thing? How long can you hold a wobbly pl platform up? How can you use your feet to put a block on something? Like it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like people that are good at staying steady are your biggest threats in modern survivor immunity challenges or individual. Yeah, 100%. And I think that Tori's going to need to hope in my opinion, that a lot of those are going to be the next couple of ones. I think she's going to be in a lot of trouble in the next time she is not immune. I mean, while while she was going through that whole thing with Roxroy there, we saw a lot of the people on the now safe tribe with Mike and Omar talking, talking about like, oh, she's really burying herself here. She's really not, not doing herself any favors with this, that uh, I think it would have been a pretty easy vote had she not won. And I am uh, not, I, we had a very interesting tribal who was going to go home this time. Uh, next time Tori is not safe, I am not expecting that to be the case. Oh, no. <laughs> who, I mean, yeah, who's going to keep her? I right. mean, Dre Drea? No, I think no. Drea's going to be the first one to do it. Yeah, I think so too. She's the like I'm of course maybe Chanel could maybe use Chanel, a number. And then but, maybe the like I don't know what the Omer tribe, like that Omer, Jonathan, Lindsay, that trio really wants to do, but are they gonna push super hard to save Tori? I'm not so sure. Here's my question before we get to the final tribal. How did High vote at Tribal Council? High voted for Lydia. Oh I voted for Lydia. Oh my gosh. So when the votes were coming out, I was looking at Dustin going, it, it's, 
once we see four, this is confirmed because mm -hmm. we know Omer doesn't have a vote. So we could easily see Taku as three vote together and then get blindsided here. But the second we have somebody else vote for Lydia, I think it's like, I can't believe high. I'm really surprised. I know. I was surprised as well. So the amulets, how did Drea vote? Drea also voted for Lydia, yeah. <gasps> it's the Every, Amulet Alliance. Everyone that was in that like group of eight that they talked about, they all voted for Lydia plus Marianne. So that's Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, Lindsay, Marianne, Hi, Mike, and Drea all voted for Lydia. Wow. So so there were eleven votes cast, right? There were eleven votes. Yep. Okay. So it was six. It was six votes for Lydia. Wow. So six votes for Lydia, but there were eight people in that group. Who was the eighth? So we know um, Omer didn't Omer vote. Omer didn't vote. And um, Lydia. Lydia was the eighth person in that group. Oh. Ooh. Oof. <laughs> they voted out Lydia because she was going to turn against the eight. So they turned against the eight. I saw this as like such an easy, like there's three there's three Taku right here. Maybe mm -hmm. it's the time to take out one of the Taku. It's a, it might be an easy, easy person to take out. Lydia became that target. It's so interesting too because I think we're we're pretty much there. Tori Tori dominates immunity. Literally yeah. everybody drops multiple times, and she's so steady. Super earned it, Tori. Good for you. Awesome. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then it's us back at camp and there's a lot happening i love john coming up to omer and he's like help me <laughs> he's like i need your help now we talked about this like i was going to get you through the pre-merge but now now it's your turn yeah and like oh man there's so much that happens guys this is a really this is probably my favorite part of the episode because it is moving and shaking um romeo wants jonathan gone big time uh, and romeo wants he's legit he's like i want control mm -hmm. Right. I think he saw that, okay, I was on, I, I, before I was out to save myself. So I don't care who's going home. I just wanted to save myself. But now that I have the safety, I want to pick who goes home. I'm, I'm safe anyway. So I want to be able to have control and see who goes home. So it was an interesting reversal. I feel like almost, it, we had that conversation between High and Romeo earlier. And I feel like this was almost the reversal of it, where before the challenge, High was really controlling things and we didn't see much of Romeo. And then after the challenge, it kind of flipped that we saw Romeo really trying to take control with High not being High kind of more taking a back seat. Oh, I love this quote. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, it's yep, funny. This is this could this could have been a, dev, a better David versus Goliath cast than the actual. <laughs> David he deserved. He belonged on that Goliath cast. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely does. <laughs> Um, and there's some definite more Davids or perceived Davids if you perceive yeah, no. them as smaller people. That doesn't mean D Goliath was a giant. Okay. Metaphors on Survivor. <laughs> it's work. always a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Marianne finds out that she's being a target as well. Um, she's crying in her confessional. We get a little realness there. Uh, some of her youth and and just being naive, naivety about the game, I think. Um, uh there's just so much happening. I did you notice the conversation with Lydia and Omer, which is really what I think triggers the rest of this episode? Uh, yeah, I did, and then it went like a completely different direction than I was expecting. I thought that this was going to be like Omer kind of like passing in, like okay, I'm going to give in here, and that is not the direction he chose to go. 
Yeah, I actually wrote down this. I wrote Lydia seems cagey. Right. Yep. I and, thought, yeah, I, I th and I thought it was interesting that like we were only seeing this from Lydia's perspective because prior to this episode, it was always we were looking at this from High's perspective, and Lydia just kind of goes along with it. And this episode was a lot more focused on Lydia. And at this moment, Omer just dominates like the confessional. Right. Like it's literally his voiceover and we're watching, I think, him in three different conversations. Granted, it's all Taku members. So I was very suspect of this strategy actually working. Mm -hmm. But he goes up to all of them and he's like, he's completely doing this BS strategy that I've, I've seen players do before, but it works for him, which is, the vote has changed, Colin. It's yep. it's it's Lydia and one person you were thinking of, right? But right. not one of the people you you were thinking of prior to this. But that is not the case. Omer has not made this happen yet. <laughs> but he's positing like I mean, I felt like it was coming across like super true. Right. Yeah. He was. He. If you're confident enough, they're just going to believe it. That's just the way it works. And it it voila, it works. I mean. It's it's crazy. Like he gets everybody to switch and vote out one of their own alliance of eight <laughs> that they just created, which is funny that Drea makes that point too to Marianne at Tribal Council. Like I don't see the game the same way that you do. Like mm -hmm. this is more fluid for me. Right. I think my favorite conversation in this whole lead up to Tribal Council is you have all this going on with Omar trying to flip the vote here. And then you see a quick conversation. It's very quick between Jonathan and Tori, where Tori just says, well, I want to keep winning immunity challenges. And I think you're the one that's going to really stop me from doing that. So why wouldn't I vote for you? And that's really all we see of the entire conversation. So I just love that that kind of just like came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And she's, but she's the winner. Right. And she's looking at Jonathan mm -hmm. being like, you're going to beat me. He was just playing against you, Tori. <laughs> right. He was not in second place at the end of that challenge. No. If you he like at a point he was, but then he was knocked out, and then it was like who Marianne or I, 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 Lindsay was in it for a bit, then Lindsay fell, and then Marianne, yeah, yeah. But it was clearly Tori's challenge to lose at that point. She just mm -hmm. had to go as slow as possible, don't move. It seemed like she had a slightly different strategy, or at least it seemed like her rope was up very high to me. It did yeah. Maybe yeah, that's a trick. It was on more of a slant, it seemed like, rather than trying. I think a lot of people tried to keep it steady, where she said, okay, it's not going to be steady. So I'm going to have it be a little bit slanted and account for that. Yeah, that was that that moment where she's, like, telling Jonathan, like, <laughs> I need to vote you out. It, it gave me, uh, like, Susie vibes from uh, Gabon. <laughs> Gabon. Yep, I could see it. <laughs> and not, not necessarily a player you want to emulate, but she made it far. <laughs> She almost won. She almost won. <laughs> she was like, what? One vote off. One vote away, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we're pretty much at Tribal Council, folks. Um, Omer says at the start, um, he gets everybody laughing, which I think is a good way to start Tribal Council. This right. is a, a cue for people to take. Can you get everybody to, to just chuckle for a second? But he says, everyone said at camp, let's go get firewood. And we still have no firewood <laughs> at the end of the day. Not following Roxroy's number one rule of if you think you have enough firewood, double it. They are not and, following it currently. Well, uh, maybe if it's if Roxroy was following, maybe Roxroy was following his own rule. And because there was zero, 
um, the percentage would I, yeah, still true. be zero. Yeah. So he did. So Roxbury would doubled it. <laughs> yeah. Tripled it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's just killing it this episode. Um, this is the part of the. I I actually got a little bit annoyed with High because he kept like I felt like regurgitating tribal council quotes. I know that we've been through like. 5,000 tribal councils in the history of Survivor. And there's only so many ways you can say the grass is always greener on the other side of the, um, my back is against the wall. I threw him under the bus. I get it, folks. But he like said, so he pulled out the drivers and passengers thing. We just heard that in Survivor Winners at War. It was literally like, are you the passenger or are you the pilot? Right. <laughs> it's not even, I don't know. It's totally for, it's totally for Jeff. It's, it's not, totally for Jeff. He knows yeah. what Jeff wants to hear. Yeah, and he was—he definitely was giving him the quotes that he needed. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think I knew going in that like this is going to be a big uh, tribal council for me, considering what name I'm about to put down. There was a lot of talk about people being like fearful and inauthentic, um, and I—I I kept trying to figure out who are they referring to here. Like, are, are they referring all referring to themselves, or are they? particularly targeting a person. And I kept going back to like the Romeo moment. I don't know. That's the only thing I could really connect to. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who, if there was, even if there was anyone in particular, I wonder if they were just coming up with like an excuse to say like, okay, well, this is why we want to vote someone out. It's not because we don't trust them. It's for whatever reason. Cause I don't think that that is Lydia in no. other words, like she seems like she's, she knows who she is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I would have described anyone in there as fearful or inauthentic based off of what we've seen. True. True. Yeah. Um, we had uh, the, a beetle come visit. Uh, who was it? Mike? Roxroy? Uh, uh, Roxroy. It scared Mary Marianne and then it just landed on Roxroy and he seemed to not really care if it was there or not. But other than that, I mean, it seemed like a pretty straightforward tribal. I mean, we don't get any advantages played. We don't get any idols played, um, which is surprising. There's so many extra votes. Um, Omer, Omer finally has a vote now. Yes, <laughs> he's back. He's back in the game. Yeah, he controlled this vote without having one of his own. Who do you think would have been voted out? Given Roxroy doesn't smash the hourglass. Um, let's go back to the. Yep. So Roxroy does not smash the hourglass. Do you uh, think I it's think, Chanel? I think Chanel. I think Chanel's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Unless she wins that challenge, um, I, I think it would have been Chanel here. Yeah, I think so too. So it's 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 tough to say if Tori and Chanel can even get themselves out of this. Right. Are we I, gonna? I think that one of them might be able to. I will be very surprised if one of them is not voted out next episode. And then whoever is left might be able to make a make a run at this and kind of be that goat that we were talking about. Um, but I, uh, I, I'm i not expecting both of them to be around much longer. That's true. One of them is a lot less threatening in the mm -hmm. sense of like being, you could just pick up one vote. And what is, again, what is one, just one vote? Two, right. Two makes a bigger difference in this game. Um but yeah, it's it's. I could see that too. I could see one of them being taken a lot further after another one is potentially gone. For a second, I was thinking Omer, but you're right. With everybody getting to vote, I, he definitely would have been. He his game seemed to be on mm -hmm. at this point in the game. Like he 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 accelerated his game. He's in the pa He's in the driver's seat, not the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> I think High thought he was. 
It's a weird quote from High because is High a passenger or a driver in this situation? I think in this situation, I mean, I don't think there's any way with Lydia going home that High is the driver. Yeah. I think for this vote, he is the passenger. But he voted for it. So, uh, do you, Colin, do you want to break down how the votes yeah. went down at Tribal? Absolutely. So we've got the votes for Lydia were High, Jonathan, Marianne. Are you, are you able to move them around? Oh, nice. I can, yeah. Yep. Hi, Jonathan, Marianne. We can keep Drea there. Okay. Uh, Lindsay and Mike. And Mike. Then the votes for Jonathan were the two we keep talking about, Tori and Chanel voted for Jonathan. <laughs> uh, the two votes for Marianne were Romeo and Lydia. Oh. And then Roxroy was the sole Lindsay vote that I don't really know where that one came from. That's so weird. I feel like this has now been multiple times where Roxroy is just completely out on this vote. That happened with Swati. That happened this time around. I don't know if they just like forget to get with him and tell him what's about to happen or if what's happening here. I don't, I have no idea where this Lindsay vote, I'm guessing that this Lindsay vote was some sort of planned vote split, but I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like the votes would have been split between Jonathan and Marianne. I don't know why we'd need a third person. Yeah, it seems like, but I, I guess people might be very concerned of these all these yep. powers. I mean, everybody has a shot in the dark still in the game, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I mean maybe they're concerned of that. I mean, the shot in the dark is actually only scary if six people want to use it right around. Also. Has anybody asked this question yet? What if seven people want to use it? Is it is it always one in six? I think it... it's always one in six, I feel like. I don't so know. They... That, that's never been clarified, but I feel like it's just always one in six. Okay, so they just refill it. So if like... I would guess so, The yeah. first person goes up to vote, they use their thing, then they just put in... So it's... So, oh my gosh. So everybody could use their shot in the dark, and theoretically, there could be no votes. And, <laughs> and nobody safe. And nobody safe. So yeah. then Jeff Probst would be like, okay, let's revote. Yeah. Nobody can use shot in the dark anymore. I don't like I don't like that twist. When that happened where it was a zero zero vote and then they had to revote. I don't know. I, I also I don't think they should get a free pass, but maybe like a double boot episode. Oh, Colin, speaking of, yes, they took two episodes, put it into one. Do you think we're gonna get a double boot episode coming down the line or an episode without an elimination? I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to balance this out. Or is this balanced out with the fact that Jackson was medevaced in episode one? It just seems like there's more I, episodes than people left. Yeah, I'm not sure how many episodes there are. I can't imagine they're going to do an episode without an elimination. But I think there, uh, I don't, let's see. There's, yeah, there's a lot of people left. So one, two, three. Yeah, I would not be surprised if there is some sort of a double elimination episode at some point. But, I mean, I, I feel like they would really struggle to make that into one hour. So it'd have to be another two-hour block, which I feel like, what, I think the premiere was two hours. This one is two hours. To have another two hour plus the finale, that would be a lot of 
It's <laughs> a lot. Oh, I'm here for it. I would, I would love it. Please, please, please. <laughs> um, I just felt like this episode, what I was, I don't remember if I said it here or before the podcast started, but I loved being able to really see all of the different choices mm -hmm. and different paths. And so many times they try to hide it from us, but we literally saw Omer save Jonathan, save Marianne and get Lydia out of this game and get Lydia's number one ally to vote her out. I mean, I think that is substantially amazing gameplay. It is, absolutely. I mean, I think all of, everyone should now be very concerned about the Taku three slash four. The mm. fact that Jonathan is as big of a threat as he is, and he has two allies in Omer and Lindsay who are willing to stand up and try and get people on his side as much as they did, where I think that Lindsay did a little bit that we saw, and then Omar did a lot of the brunt work afterwards to be able to go up and stand that he's got this great physical game that I still think that if there's some of these challenges that are just standing there and holding on to something, I think he's a definite threat to win that, that there's, unless there is some sort of puzzle, I, I do think that he is a, one of the top contenders to win just about any challenge. Plus he's got this great social game of people who Omar seems to have good strategy really was able to connect with people. I feel like prior to this episode, I've been very high on Lindsay as a player. I think she's done a really good job in connecting a lot with the people over there. I feel like she's almost been like the centerpiece of that Taku tribe, that that's a really powerful trio. Plus Marianne is a good player in her own right and has two advantages of her own. Out of all of these players left, I feel like um, I, I agree with you with with everything you said, and I also feel like Lindsay is the is the most under edited of all mm -hmm. of these players at this Absolutely. point, and that was showed to be a great thing for Erica. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, that's the vibe I keep getting is what, they keep hiding her, and we literally saw the three people with the the stupid amulet power stick together this round. I mean, could that could that go on for a couple more rounds potentially? I mean, I think we said that high was questionable going in. It was more of like, well, if it's convenient for me, I will. He just lost Lydia here. He's really looking at like, okay, Mike is my ally. I'm really not having anyone else I feel super great about. I think I would not be surprised if high starts to lean very heavily on Drea and Lindsay in this amulet alliance. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm going to update our peeps at home with the live reality games draft um brody is in first place with 22 points i don't think anybody's going to catch up to him but i don't know he has tori and she just keeps squeaking by like we thought she was going to be gone forever ago we thought she was going to get a beware advantage i mean all of our expectations have been wrong um and then jillian from another reference to gabon is at 21 points way to go jillian that's awesome also just a shout out for her reality rally is coming up in a few weeks that's one of the biggest charities uh that does lrg type events you can meet a ton of live uh, reality show celebrities there and you get to play the amazing race or their version of amazing race with a celebrity on your team which is so cool for the the super fans um so who do you think's who who's the who's who do you think is going to be the winner colin who who is like or who's your top few picks um i'm gonna stick with Lindsay as one of my top ones there uh mike really impressed me so i'm gonna throw mike into into the mix here and i'm gonna i'm gonna make it as a, a three of I'm, I'm really questioning high after this one so i'm gonna put drea in there so i'll go with drea mike and Lindsay 
Uh, yeah, I think that gives me one of each of the tribes as well. Uh, so that nice, ba nice balance there. So Drea, Mike, and Lindsay are my top three. Excellent. I would definitely give you um, Drea as well. She's one of my top picks. I actually would have picked her on this draft, but when we had the option to do a second pick where we could pick another name, mm -hmm. I um, we all decided we didn't want to like triple up. I don't know. I don't know why we were allowed to. So I I should have picked Drea, but I didn't. I'm I'm still kicking myself for that. But um, yeah, I would put Drea up there for sure. I love Omar's gameplay this episode, yeah. but I think it's going to put too much of a target on him potentially because it was way out there in the open. High as well. He just lost a number. Not Tori. Not Romeo. Uh, not Chanel. I don't know. Rocks and Mike. I, Rocks really changed tonight for me. And Mike, mm -hmm. I just love. So I'm going to put Mike up there as well. I don't know if you can let somebody as nice as Mike get to final four. I mean, that's scary. Um, Jonathan has so much potential. I still feel like he's going to be taken out at some point. Right. And, and I would say either Marianne or Lindsay. I think one of them is going to get, get deep. Yep. Cool. Um, do, do you think we missed anything or any other um, big things from the episode? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I think we both have been pretty, uh, pretty staunch on our opinion that either Tori or Chanel is probably going to be the boot next week. So I think that would be the, uh, only other big discussion would be what's going to happen next time. It's, it's gotta be, I can't think of many other scenarios unless it turns into, like we said, we're worried of Taku. Yep, Taku would be the only with a, either take a shot at Jonathan or mm -hmm. something gets caught up with Omer there. I think even even if it is there, I don't think that Lindsay or Marianne would be the votes there. I think it'd be one of the two guys that would be. I, like, I think so too. I agree with you. The only way Lindsay becomes a target is if they get um, gr the bounty on her head for the amulet mm -hmm. becomes too tempting at this point to maybe take one out because steal the vote. Steal a vote might not be great right now, but in a few rounds, it's going to be really great. Right. And I think they can use the amulet until final six, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. So and I think especially like if Jonathan were to win an immunity and to take him out of the running, then that would hurt Lindsay as well to say, okay, if true. they wanted to take a shot at the biggest, because I do believe she is the biggest challenge competitor, the second biggest challenge competitor of that Taku 4. Oh, our buddy Snyder. Um, runs a um, the Maverick Cup series, or he's in the Maverick Cup series, and his car has had the Live Reality Games logo on it. We got, I forget what placement he got this week. I think it was 17th place, and it's his first time like placing in it. Thanks. So super cool, dude. And thank yeah. you again for putting our logo on it. I mean, that's like, I mean, we're just this teeny tiny <laughs> channel here and it's so cool to like have that out there absolutely um, and this dude he even sent me a birthday card last week okay, like yeah. how crazy <laughs> also by the way to everybody who came out last week for my birthday podcast that i didn't know was a birthday podcast that meant so much but this was way easier colin <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> this was like an actual conversation i felt like right. i missed everything last week because it was just rando people like i don't know if you saw it but kathy sleckman was here from my I, I did yeah i skipped <laughs> i did see that uh kathy slide i think jillian also made an appearance yeah so, totally so, yeah. and then i completely spoiled the episode i told jillian like the end result <laughs> and then felt like an asshole and then kathy is here like having drinks and of like course. i'm just wanting to like listen to stories about micronesia and party mm -hmm. with her and not talk at all about the recap so 
nobody ever gets to hear from Kathy either. So I no. felt like we really got like that like was a, a good one. Yeah, it was a breakthrough <laughs> moment. It was like, yeah, she's on a podcast, people. So if there's anyone to check out, check that one out, folks. Um, next week, I, I took down my notes. Next week is Survivor Buffalo. And there is a most like I was supposed to be directing a play last week, next week. So we have Cam stepping in um, to host for us, but I actually might not be busy, so I could still pop in, but Cam's doing it for us. So maybe I, maybe I should just take the week off. But that said, it's going to be another great week. Um, Colin, thank you so much for, um, for joining us. It was a blast to hang yeah. out with you. This was great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, till next time, folks, we'll see you soon.